LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The views and opinions expressed by Professor Porterfield do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsors or their affiliates. Good evening, one and all. I know that right now you're saying, wait a minute, where's the intro music? Where's the big train taking me home? Well, folks... There was a minor accident with that sound file this week, and we will have it fixed and back for you next week. That's right. So don't sweat it and don't fret it, because deep in the heart of Texas, where the stars at night are big and bright, comes to you the Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, myself, here to tell it like it was and how it is to help school you so no one can fool you. So there you go. Sorry about the sound file being a little altered this week, but oh well. It gets us into the show a little faster, doesn't it? Well, folks, what a week, what a week, what a week. We have seen all sorts of things happening this week. And I guarantee you that a lot of it's going to be talked about this upcoming Tuesday. That's right, Tuesday the 30th on In the Streets with Beverly Smith. But I will say that we have had some interesting actions taken around this old country of ours. We have seen Walmart, Amazon, and others talk about how they will now start to stop selling the Confederate flag. Now, I'm not exactly sure how you start to stop something. I would think you would just stop it. Big Internet business, Amazon, I would think you could just go in there, do the appropriate thing, and boom, it all went away. But they're going to stop selling it. So, tiny little step forward. Walmart says they're going to stop selling it. Tiny little step forward. Georgia has taken it down. Early one morning this week, they just took it down. No little ceremony, nice and quiet. Just happened to be somebody there with a camera. Gay is able to catch a few pictures of it. South Carolina is going to start its process of getting rid of it. We'll see who follows. A lot of people have said to me and said around me that 
that this has no worth, that we're being distracted, well, let me tell you, if you think that this will all stop and go away because the Confederate flag was taken down, and it's not the Confederate flag, it's the battle flag of the Confederacy, then yeah, you've been hornswoggled. You've been fooled. If you think that the cause of the problem was the flag, then you've been hornswoggled. You've been fooled. But if you have the perseverance of vision to see that the flag is a symptom, a sign, a scab on the wound that we must all deal with, then at least you can see a little tiny step. But people are fighting back. People are fighting back left, right, and center about it. Boy, they don't like having their, their pretty toys. They don't like having their racism addressed. But I got news to help y'all. I have discovered an amazing new app. I know all y'all have uh, smartphones, cell phones of that like. And I have gone out. The professor has gone out ahead. And I have found a brand new app that you can download for your smartphone that helps you identify if your friends and family and well-wishers are racist. It's called Facebook. <laughs> All you got to do, load up Facebook, put up something about anything. Put up something about any of this stuff, this sickness, this this treacherous nastiness that we have to live with in this country every goddamn minute of every goddamn day. Wait, on average, about five minutes, and you will start to discover who you knew that you didn't think was that is. I have been deleting motherfuckers left, right, and center this goddamn week. Meanwhile, as for what's going on around here at the old homestead, well, we're just settling back into the 100-degree temperature. You know, like we do every every year here in Texas, trying to stay cool. Things are going well otherwise, and we all just blowing and going and getting it done. So... Looks like we've got a green light here on the board, ready to go all the way across the hall to the LMC newsroom, where our own, he's looking fresh and fancy free, and so we're going to take it on over there. Take it away, wink! Good evening! Today is Thursday, June 25th, the 176th day of 2015. There are 90 days until autumn begins, and 189 days left in the year. In just three days, the nearly full moon will stand just above Saturn on the 28th of June. On the same day, a five-day conjunction between Venus and Jupiter begins. So again, look near the western horizon at dusk. Today is an auspicious day to cut hair to encourage growth. Once again, 
Today is an auspicious day to cut hair to encourage growth. Today's highlight in history comes from June 25, 1950, when war broke out in Korea as forces from the Communist North invaded the South. Also on this date, in 1788, Virginia ratified the U.S. Constitution. In 1876, Lieutenant Colonel George A. Custer and the 7th Cavalry were wiped out by Sioux and Cheyenne Indians in the Battle of the Little Bighorn in Montana. In 1910, President William Howard Taft signed the Mann Act, which made it illegal to transport women across state lines for, quote, immoral purposes. In 1938, the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938 was enacted. In 1943, Congress passed over President Franklin D. Roosevelt's veto the Smith-Connolly Anti-Strike Act, which allowed the Federal government to seize and operate privately owned war plants facing labor strikes. In 1962, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that recitation of a state-sponsored prayer in New York State public schools was unconstitutional. In 1975, the government of Indian Prime Minister Indira Gandhi declared a state of emergency aimed at cracking down on political opponents. The state of emergency was lifted in March 1977. And finally, in 1981, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that mail-only draft registration was constitutional. Today's birthday greetings go out to actress June Lockhart, who is 90. Civil rights activist James Meredith is 82. Rhythm and blues singer Eddie Floyd, 78. Actress Barbara Monk, a favorite of our own Troll Towelhead, 76. Actress Mary Beth Peel, 75. Singer Carly Simon, 70. Rock musician Ian McDonald of Foreigner and King Crimson, 69. Actor-comedian Jimmy Walker, 68. Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, 61. Rock singer George Michael, 52. Actress Erica Gimpley, 51. Rapper-producer Richie Rich, 48. And actress Busy Phillips, 36. Our thought for today comes from Anglo-Irish novelist Maria Edgeworth, born 1767, died 1849, who said, A straight line is the shortest in morals as in mathematics. This has been the news from the LMC Radio Newsroom. And we now send you back to Professor Porterfield and the Lucky Numbers. Lucky number, oh, dreaming of lucky numbers, hoping that those lucky numbers yeah. will show for me. Numbers only show for you and me. Superstition, or even make me suspicious. Table with thirteen dishes, it will make me Hey, that's Mommy. Yeah? Yeah, man. Well, all right, then. 
put my trust in goof or dust. Cause you know some days may bring you a seven. Or oh, maybe a lucky eleven. Oh, that you see in heaven. Lucky number for me. Yeah. And just as the Nicholas Brothers advised you, someday it may be a rainy day, but don't sweat it and don't fret it because we have got the lucky numbers for you. And this week's lucky numbers come to you from ProfessorPorterfield.com. Why not stop on by and take a look? And they are 14, 16, 22, 26, 46, and 66. Once again, this week's double-digit lucky numbers are 14, 16, 22, 26, 46, and 66. This week's lucky three-digit numbers are 326. That's 326. 454. That's 454. And 6. Zero five. That's six hundred and five. Once again, we hope you enjoy those numbers and find good use for them. The card of the week is the Five of Hearts. That's right, the Five of Hearts, an arbor of roses. Growth of love, happiness, and contentment. This is a week to work at what you love, aid those you love, and appreciate those you love and those that love you back. This is a week to be careful not to be too resistant or guarded with your heart, but don't let that lead you to making foolish love choices. Remember, our week runs Thursday to Thursday. So, check in with the Now You Know Show to get the numbers and card when they first come out. Till then, good luck to you all, and if you hit, remember where you get. Up next, we're going to the Professor's Pontification. This week's topic will be Physician, Heal Thyself. That's right. Take a little time to do for your own. Until then, we're going to take a little trip through Soulsville. Black man, born free. At least that's the way it's supposed to be. Chains that binds him are hard to see. Unless you take this walk with me Place where he lives God plenty of names Slums, ghetto and black belts They are one and the same And I call it Any kind of job is hard to find That means an increase in the welfare line Crime rate is rising too If you were hungry, what would you do? Rent is too much past due 
in a building that's falling apart. Little boy needs a pair of shoes, and this is only a part of. Some of the brothers got plenty of cash. Tricks on the corner, gonna see to that. Some like to smoke, and some like to blow. Some are even strung out on a $50 Jones. Some are trying to ditch reality by getting so high. Only to find out you can never touch the sky. Cause you're returning Oh yeah Every Sunday morning I can hear The old sister say Trust in the Lord Oh yeah I hope that he Friends, but even the clothes they believe, some say he'll put it in all this misery that we're having. That was, of course, the melodious tones of Mr. Isaac Hayes with Soulsville. You know, last week we did not have a regular show because of the massacre that happened in Charleston. And in case you thought I forgot, or that was just some one moment, and then that's it. No, it's still going on, okay? This ain't changed nothing. We still have some serious sickness we have got to address in this country. And I've been watching my friends, my family, my brothers, my sisters this week, and I've been listening and talking and watching the cost. Some of those costs aren't as obvious. So tonight's professor's pontification is called Physician Heal Thyself or 
don't get blinded by the beam. There is a reoccurring experience in my life. I am lucky and honored and privileged enough to be an individual who on occasion other workers call. And they call for a variety of reasons. Sometimes they just call, we just hang out, we have a nice time. But often they call and say... uh, I'm not feeling right. Something's going on with me. What do you think I should do? And we often forget in our community and in our spiritual work to heal, protect, and clean ourselves. So I'm going to talk about that tonight. And the reason I want to talk about that tonight is, as you know, the purpose of the Now You Know show is to uh, school you so nobody can fool you, and to help those who are thinking about becoming spiritual workers or are spiritual workers or those who are interested in spiritual work. But also, this has to go back we exist in and what we live in. This has to go back to the systematic racism and the trouble and the terror and the horror and the oppression that is being dealt out. Last week, I called for everybody to do something. Just do something. Just do one little thing. Just get up and do something. And a lot of people have been doing something. And I tip my hat to you all. But a lot of us get real, real tired, real drained, real broke down, doing that, whether it's on the ground, in the streets, or whether it's spiritual work, or whether it's spreading information, we get knocked down. Because a lot of us forget that we have to take care of ourselves as well. Let me put it to you this way. If you go to a doctor... If you were inside a surgery, you would see doctors wearing masks and gloves. Now, that's for two reasons. That's so that they certainly don't spread anything, any kind of infection, germs, viruses, into a patient who is in a compromised physical state. It's also to protect them. Okay? When you go and see your doctor and he says, okay, now turn your head and cough, all right, or feels you to see, I got this lump here, what do you think that is, okay, or whatever, when you're said and done, your doctor, he or she, cleans their hands. That's not an insult to you, okay? They have to protect themselves as well. A sick doctor ain't any good to nobody. In fact, a sick doctor is a danger to others. A sick doctor is a danger to others and a danger to themselves. I want you to think on that for a minute. A sick doctor is a danger to themselves and to others. 
And so I'm going to say this right here, right now. The same holds true for a spiritual doctor, for a spiritual worker, for a root doctor, for a conjure practitioner, for a hoodooist. Okay? You have to take care of yourselves. And time and time and time again, and listen, I'm as guilty as the rest. I am as guilty as can be of this. But I see it time and time again amongst my friends, my colleagues, okay? I don't see it amongst my elders because well, they're smarter than that. That's how they got to be elders, okay? What's the old expression? There's many a young fool dead in a heartbeat, okay? But if you have some wisdom, then you get to be to a certain age. As a spiritual worker, think about what you're dealing with. Now, everybody talks about the love work. There is such a rag on the love work. Oh, la, 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 la. Oh, she wants him, he wants her. Why can't he see that she's no good for him? They do. Why can't she see that he's a no good dog, etc., etc., etc.? But love work isn't the only work we're doing, okay? We help people who come in who have got spiritual sickness, spiritual disease, and spiritual attack on them. We help break it off. And even the love work, we're talking about people who are heart sick. They call you to tell you their troubles and get help. Listen, my friends, you can only listen to so much trouble before it gets on you. It gets on you like smoke or like an oil, a leftover, a residue, and then you walk around with that. What happens? You take it to the next client. It goes into the work. But see... I've said this before and I'll say this again. You don't become a spiritual worker without a certain amount of ego. Without a certain amount. I'm not talking about bad ego. I'm not talking about, I'm the, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm the great school. No, I'm not talking about that. I just... ...of your own power. And that's another problem, which I'll address another week on this show, is sometimes we have people who want to work who get wrapped up in a lack of that. They don't see their own power, their own worth, and so they're always putting that into what they're trying to do. But that's not the issue tonight. The issue tonight is that sometimes that acknowledgement, that understanding of our own power, of our own place, of our own knowledge, of our own skill, becomes a hampering in this issue. We forget that doctors need doctors. We forget to clean our goddamn hands. Okay? We forget to clean our workspace. We forget to protect and clean our houses. Okay? Now, we may not forget to protect and clean our own families. There are workers right now within the sound of my voice I guarantee you got their kids protected, their ma their spouse protected. That you know they they make sure of that because they don't want anything in their work to fall on their families. But they forget them own damn selves. 
We have people right now who are beat all the way to the ground trying to fight the good and needed fight against this bullshit that's going on in our country that's been going on for a long, long, long time, generation, century, and they get beat down and they forget to renew themselves. They forget when they get back from dealing with those racist sons of bitches to take a spiritual bath. Okay? To get that shit off of them. This is part and parcel of our lives. If you're going to go into spiritual work, be involved in it, do whatever, you got to remember this. Now, a lot of people remember to protect themselves. They've got protection. They've got protection in a variety of ways. They got the house protected. They got the property protected. They got Saint so and so watching out for the everything. They got the charm they're wearing. They got the silver dime on the ankle, just like me. Okay? They got all that protection. But what they forget is that you let the client in. You guide them right in, right past all the protection. How could you help them if whatever was on them you were so protected from that you couldn't even deal with them? You couldn't see them face-to-face. You couldn't talk to them on the phone. You couldn't deal with them in email. You know, you're bringing them in. And good for you. You should. You should be bringing them in. But my point is, is your protection still geared toward that? Some may be. Some, I'm willing to bet you money right here, tonight, and I pay up on my bets, is not guarding you. Because you're letting them in. And you should let them in. But you're forgetting at the end of your work day to clean yourself. You're forgetting to take your spiritual bath. You're forgetting to bolster your own spirit. <clears throat> you may light white candles all day and all night for clients. But you forget to light one for yourself. You get dragged down. You get frustrated. You get lost. Pretty soon you start saying, why am I even doing this? You get pecked at. Now a lot of folk turn around and they blame the clients. They on me, they on me, they on me, they on me, they on me. Yeah, of course they're on you. You set yourself up. Remember, you help, remember? remember you're the one that put your shingle out and said, come on to me. Come on to me. I'll help you with your law work. I'll help you get a job. I'll help you with her. I'll help you with him. I'll help you with your curse, your jinx. I'll help you with the generational thing that's been placed on you. I'll help you learn this. I'll help you do that. I'll read cards for you. I'll throw bones for you. Remember, you the one. You put your shingle out. You said, come on to me. I'm not telling you not to do that. I'm telling you, wash your damn hands. You wash your hands before you cook. I hope you wash your hands before you cook. I hope that if you were working in the garage all day and you went inside and you go make yourself a sandwich, I hope you'd wash your hands first. And you'd wash your hands with soap appropriate to what you had been doing. If you had been rebuilding an engine, 
you wouldn't come in and wash your hands with, you know, whatever, like the soap, the fancy soap in the bathroom. You do a little shell-shaped soap. You keep that there for the guests, you know, because everybody wants, oh, I want my bathroom to look pretty. You'd use lava. That lava Cut up an apple, started cooking something in a pan. But we too often forget to do that after we just read cards for somebody, or threw bones for somebody, or lit candles to break a jinx, or, God help you, did a whole bunch of curse work. We forget. Why do we forget? Well, we forget because we're busy. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, we're busy. You know, we're busy. If you have six, seven, eight clients a day, back to back, they all have what they need coming to you for, sometimes it's hard to find the time to do it. We forget because we start to think we're invulnerable. We start to think, uh, oh, nothing can touch me. Because ain't nothing touched me yet. We forget because we think, oh, I'm the one doing it, so I don't got nothing to fear from it. Even though you just put your hand in goofer dust. Even though you just blew sulfur all over work you were doing. I'm not telling you to be afraid. Don't get this twisted up. This isn't some kind of anti-magical, fear-mongering bullshit that I'm trying to sell you. Oh, the work. You've got to be afraid of the work. Oh, you've got to be afraid of the things you use. Oh, it's all just drama world of dark magic and everything scary and the whole world's out to get you. No. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying wash your damn hands. Wash your damn hands. That's all I'm saying. Wash your hands. Okay? When you get dirty, you take a bath. When you're hungry, you get something to eat. You take care of yourself. You've got to take care of yourself in this spiritual work as well. The real shame is, the real shame is that some of us will sit in front of a client or we'll talk with a client on the phone. And we'll say to this person, we'll say to this earnest person who has need, baby, you need a spiritual bath. And we'll sit there for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, teach them how to take that spiritual bath, tell them what to put in it, tell them how to make it on their own, because sometimes you can't get to that client to give them a spiritual bath or to give them a foot washing. We'll go through every damn step of it, every damn step of it. We'll have them write it down. Now get you a pen and pencil, write it down. We'll have them repeat it back. We'll ask all their little nuanced questions to make sure they got every little detail right. And do a good job, and then not do it our goddamn self. Let me say that again. And then not do it our goddamn self. Listen, I'm telling you right now, are you a spiritual worker? You need to be doing something at least once a month. I mean, bare goddamn minimum. 
Now, if I just set myself up as an authority and the professor just said them once a month and yada yada blah, and I got to, you know, whatever, who does he see? Yeah, yeah, I did that. There you, there you go. I did it. Write it down. I know some of y'all keeping lists of all the shit I say someday to, you know, throw up in my face. I'm fine. I'm ready. Write it down. Professor Porterfield said, quote, if you are doing spiritual work, you need to do some kind of spiritual cleansing at least once a month. At least once a month. That's that's like that's not the minimum. <laughs> no, baby, that's the maximum. Like you know, like that's the furthest out. Once a month, you know what I'm saying? Once a month, here, you know, at least, please, please, baby, please, please, baby, please, once a month. All right. Maybe you need to be doing it every Sunday, or for me every Saturday. Maybe you need to be doing it. Every day, at the end of the day, before you go lay yourself down in your bed. Or every morning, before you get up and start what you're doing. And I don't know, Professor Porterfield, I mean, I can't walk to the crossroads every day, and I've got all these clients, and I've got all this stuff, and it's cold in here, and it, you know, there's the time, and I've got to make the money, and I've got to do everything. Wait, 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 Who do you sound like now? You sound like your damn clients! Listen, you sound like them. Remember all those people that come to you for help and you give them good, honest, decent help? That's who you sound like. What do they say? Well, I, you know, I'm really tired. I'm really beat down. I don't know if I got the strength and energy to do it. And you go, of course you don't, baby, because you under this whatever's on you. You got to find it. Here, take this bit of scripture. Take this little bit of psalms. Take this whatever. Make the plan. Write yourself a note. Get somebody else to help you. You know, well, Professor Porterfield, you know, I just, uh, I, there's, I got to get to work and, uh, I, you know, I just got to get out there and I got to make the money for the for my family, you know, because we get the bills and you say, of course, baby, of course you do. You got to do what you got to do. But that's why you need to do this on a Sunday or a Saturday or your day off. Well, you know, Professor Porterfield, I don't know you. Well, you can take your car. You know, I mean, it goes on and on and on. You know what to tell them, but you're not telling your damn self. Okay. Now, if this were limited just to you, I would drop my head and my shoulders. I would sigh. I would go, what a damn shame. Boy, that's, it makes me sad. They're such a good worker and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, people are going to do what they're going to do. And what a shame that we lost them because they never fucking washed their hands and eventually they just basically were eating poison every day. What a shame. But it's not just about you. If you can't do it for yourself, if you can't get up and say, I'm going to do this for myself because I have intelligence, I have wherewithal, I have wisdom, at least do it for your clients. What do you mean, do it for my clients? I mean, if you get this on you, the pain, the wickedness, the hurt, the the curse, the trouble, and it's just on you and on you and on you and on you and on you, and you taking more and more and more, and every client comes in has a need. That's nothing to feel resentment against them. You're in the need refilling business. You're in the need-filling business. 
you're in the results business. So, of course, they didn't come to you to talk. They didn't come to just say, hey, you know, how the hell are you? You know, Madam Zuzu, I want to talk to you. Now, here's uh, here's $100 that we can talk about sports. No, they didn't, they didn't do that. They have needs. So that means every day there's another one. Every day there's another one. Every day there's another one. And you just let it pile up on you and pile up on you and pile up on you and pile up on you. Pretty soon, you're a contagion. Pretty soon, you're spreading it. Here comes the next client. He's got all his problems, and now there's all this fucking on your ass creeping around him, too. Your skills go down. You start not reading as well. Your work goes down. You've lost your oomph. Your hope goes down. Your wherewithal goes down. Your lack of strength and energy starts to affect your wisdom and your knowledge. You start taking shortcuts, easy cuts, easy paths, rather than harder ways, because you're tired, you're drained, you're beat down. Is this just about spiritual work I'm talking? No. This goes, this goes for everybody fighting the good fight, too. You can only go out and deal with those racist, cock-sucking sons of bitches so much before all their shit starts getting on you. goes on and on and on and on. And then you become a part of the problem. Now you've got the Spanish influenza, and you're spreading it to everybody else because you wouldn't wash your damn hands. Wash your damn hands. Well, I don't know how to do that. Yes, you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be telling other people how to do it. If you know how to advise somebody else to take a spiritual bath, you can take a spiritual bath. If you know how to teach somebody else how to clean their house, you know how to clean your house. When was the last time you swept your house out? I don't care if you got carpeting. When was the last time you got a broom, salt and pepper, swept your house out? When was the last time you put something at your doors? I don't care what you use. Salt, pepper, Vicks Vapo Rub. I don't care. I don't care. You can buy Palo Santo. I don't care. Whatever rare item you want to use. If you're telling other people to use it, use it. This gets even worse. There are some people selling this stuff. There are some people who will sell you a spiritual bath, sell you a house cleaning powder. Don't they? Don't use it themselves. Like they got it in the other room. They got it in the other room. Don't use it. Then there's a final little category. And this isn't directed at anybody because it's just a general truth. Then there's a final category. And we've talked about this sort before. We've talked about this guy before. We've talked about the rambler, the gambler, the joker, and the thief. we talked about them before on the show. And sometimes... Those types set themselves up because they don't believe in any of this. It's all a lark. It's all a money-making operation. They're laughing up the sleeve. <laughs> they give a shit less. And here is how I know there's a sense of goddamn humor in the universe. They're laughing, raking in the cash, chuckling up their sleeve, no earnestness to them at all, 
and therefore they ain't bathing. They ain't washing their hands. They ain't cleaning their house. They ain't cleaning their reading rooms out. They ain't doing any of it. Because to them, it's all just a, a joke. But the joke's on them. The joke's on them. Because those earnest people with all those needs are still bringing all that shit in. See? The reason they don't ever go to the other room and pick up their guaranteed 100% house cleaning and protection uh, magical soap scrub face wash and enema treatment is because they don't believe in it. And sometimes they've put it together out of the right things because they know that they have to sell it to informed people. But they don't believe it. So they just get funkier and funkier and funkier until you can see them coming. Then their business crashes and burns, goes up in smoke. Their lives destruct. I mean fucking destruct around them. You, you, you all have seen this. You all have seen this. This isn't a mystery I'm talking about here. This isn't some rare thing. Oh, look, Bigfoot. Oh, my son over there in the woods, and he was fishing, and he, he had a Ron Popeil pocket fisherman, and I think he had three striped bass. I'm pretty sure it was Bigfoot. No, we're not talking about Bigfoot here. You all have seen this happen. You have seen this happen to people. In fact, some of us can set our clocks by it when we see the next rambler, gambler, you know, joker and thief coming along. We can see it coming. But I'm here to tell you why. It's because, outside of being disingenuous, dishonest, and as you begin, so you shall proceed, and that piles up on you. It's also because they got all this coming on them. Because they're opening themselves up to it. Sometimes people are so busy judging everybody else that they can't look at their own shit. Troll Towerhead just asked me, when was I going to get to the beans? Not beans. Beams. Don't be worried about the moat in my eye when you've got a beam in yours. Don't be so busy judging other people that you don't take care of yourself. You have got to do this. Because if you're going to be a professional worker, if you're going to be a casual worker, if you're just going to work for your friends and family, you have got to do this. You don't have to have your shingle out. But if you're taken in trouble to resolve it, to remediate it, to aid, then you've got to protect yourself and clean yourself. And you have to be careful about how you go about this. Do not let yourself get twisted up when the client somehow becomes the enemy. Clients are not your enemies. They're people who need help. You put yourself in the give and help business. See, sometimes I hear this. I'm so sick of these goddamn people and all the fucking bullshit. Well, then get out the fucking business. Fucking quit. Take a vacation. 
Go wash your ass. Do something. Your client's not your enemy. Don't think of them as the problem. Don't think of them as, oh, they're all spiritually dirty, and what am I going to do? And uh, Man, if you walked into your doctor's office and he looked at you like you was just covered with with funk and gunk and like, in mud today, you know? Do not do not create an adversarial position between yourself and your clients. It's no good. It's no good for them. It's no good for you. You're a spiritual worker. You're a helper. You're there to aid. But you have to aid yourself. Otherwise, you're going to burn out, burn down, explode. Or you're going to pass it on to them. Now everybody's getting a little bit of that funk from everybody and just mounts up, mounts up, mounts up, mounts up. So what's the message? The message is physician heal thyself. And don't be so proud that you can't do exactly what your clients do. Do you have a friend who's a spiritual worker? Okay, when it gets too much for you, go to your friend. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now that it is my public suggestion that every spiritual worker has at least one buddy they know they can go to With their troubles, when shit gets on them, when somebody throws at them and they're not strong enough to pitch it off, you think I don't have one? I got I got me some. I got me some I got me a spiritual friend. I got me a worker. Okay? I go to I go to my friend, my friend comes to me, and we get shit done together. Alright? You need a buddy. And you know you need a buddy because if you think back, if you close your eyes, you'll think back, you'll hear Mrs. Williams or Mrs. Smith or Miss Green or Mrs. Mrs. Johnson or whatever her name was saying, now everyone I want you to have a buddy today when we go to the zoo Uh, Stay with your buddy, and you two don't go away from each other. Hold hands when you get off the bus. Make sure your buddy is with you. Make sure your buddy and you know where your lunches are that you brought when we go to the park. Just think back, and you'll hear her, whatever her name was, whatever his name was. The good old buddy system. When you feel like you can't swim or breathe for the funk anymore, Call your buddy, and your buddy will tell you what to do. And maybe you'll listen to your buddy when you won't listen to yourself. The same way your clients listen to you when sometimes they won't listen to themselves. So that's what I've had to say. Find a buddy. Stick with a buddy. Help your buddy. Don't just get help from your buddy. You've got to play it back when they need you. Okay? Take care of yourself. 
Don't become an agent of contagion. Don't become an agent of contagion. Wash your hands, and baby, please, wash your ass. Otherwise, you might just end up with a bad case of the root doctor blue. Poverty Law Center 
That's right, the Southern Poverty Law Center. If you would like to make a donation to the Southern Poverty Law Center, you can find them at donate.splcenter.org. We now turn the show back over to our own Professor Porterfield, who will be back in a moment with the secrets of scriptural sorcery. But first, this signal. What's that signal? Why, that's the LMC Radio Network on the air! The LMC Radio Network, broadcasting around the globe, bringing news, information, education, and entertainment to all. It's the LMC Radio Network in the vanguard! You are listening to the LMC Radio Network, whose art and information may be found on its webcast shows. The LMC Radio Network is a community radio alliance of metaphysical, spiritual, inspirational, and political justice broadcasters spanning a wide range of topics. Tune in Sundays for the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour, hosted by Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali. It features panel discussions on traditional African-American hoodoo spellcasting with members of the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, plus free readings and magical root work advice for live call-in clients. The longest-running conjure show in the universe, it may be heard from 3 o'clock to 4.30 Pacific Time, Sunday afternoons. On Mondays, get ready for Candelo's Corner, starring Candelo Cambisa. This is the meeting place for all esoteric traditions. Candela brings his insight as a polero and eclectic spiritualist to his interviews with peers in Afro-Caribbean lineages, as well as representatives of numerous other spiritualities and religions. You can hear Candela's Corner Monday evenings from 5 to 7 Pacific Time. Tuesdays feature two wonderful shows to suit your taste. On the Crystal Silence League Hour, John St. Germain provides spiritual guidance and tips on the practical use of crystals and crystal balls. His show starts at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and lasts for one hour. Next is In the Streets with Beverly Smith. Beverly provides up-to-the-minute reports on civil and social rights issues. Her one-hour show airs on Tuesday evenings at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. On Wednesday nights, come out and join Liquid Libations. Andrea Weston hosts this informal sharing and showcasing of poetry, short stories, and spoken word performances, contributed by novices and professional wordsmiths. Call in and read your work. Liquid Libations may be heard on Wednesdays from 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific Time. And on Saturdays, Kai Armand broadcasts On Sacred Ground, a tapestry of our times, comprising history, ethnography, and shamanism, featuring the voices of the land and the deceased, aided by scholars, spirit workers, and environmentalists. Kai's show airs from noon to 1.30 p.m. Pacific Time. All shows on the LMC Radio Network are sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company, located in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Add three hours for Eastern. Tax and license may apply. Train departure times and Burma shape signs subject to change without notice. L-M-C. That was our own troll tax.
a troll is our chief engineer, but he is not alone in the task. A uh, troll does most of our electronic management, uh, takes care of all of our little bugs and little hiccups uh, that relate to the internet and other things. But what few people know is that we also have a dedicated group of individuals under him helping, which includes Sally. And Sally uh, works here at the studio. He does, as you might say, most of the heavy lifting. And, you know, when we need to, you know, put change a transformer or, you know, move a piece of equipment or all that, we have Sally uh, do it for us. And we were talking here uh, at the studio, and we thought it would be nice to let Sally come on the show. So we talked to him, and he agreed. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's take it over to Sally. Sally, take it away. Hey there. Thanks, uh, Professor P. Hey. How you guys doing? It's me, Sally, here to talk to you about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company. That's right. I'm talking about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Day Forestville, California. The Jews guys know that Lucky Mojo is both an online magical shop, a real magical store that you can actually visit. I'm telling you, you can go there. It's great. They carry a full line of handmade spiritual supplies there, including uh, the occult oils, incenses, powders, candles, herbs, mojo bags, the spiritual soaps, which are my favorite, books, and spell kits for all those who cast magical spells, love spells, money spells, and protection spells. They're in the uh, African-American hodo, pagan magic, and other witchcraft traditions. Why not take some time and go visit them? You can even take your kids along there. They got this great railroad set out there. They got a lot of work on it. Let me tell you, you can just look there. You can see that's got a lot of engineering in it right there. They'll love that. While you're there, you can also take a few moments to go over to the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church. There. That's the world's smallest church. You can go in there and have a few moments of quiet meditation or prayer. Then you can pop right over to the shop there. Go in there, browse through the aisles, thousands and thousands of different items they got there. But listen, if you can't get out there to 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California, you can visit the Lucky Mojo Curio Company there online. That's right. Just go to www.luckymojo.com and you can spend hours going through their fantastic online catalogs. So, hey, do yourselves a favor. Okay, don't be a nutnick. Do yourselves a favor there and go and take a look at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company. Tell them Sally sent you. Hey, been good talking to you there. All right. Thanks, Sally. That's his first time on the air, folks. Uh, we might be hearing from him again. Up next, a little segment I like to call... That's right, the secrets of scriptural sorcery. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the Bible as a talisman. We're going to be talking about how you can actually use the Bible itself as an object in your magical work, as well as certain connections you can make using a family Bible. There's 
There's a family Bible on the table Its pages worn and hard to read But the family Bible on the table Will ever be my key to memory At the end of day when work was over And when the evening meal was done Dad would read to us from the family Bible And we'd count our many blessings one by one I can see us sitting round the table When from the family Bible Dad would read And I can hear my mother softly singing Rock of ages, rock of ages left for me Their birth 
and their deaths and maybe even little things about them are written into those front pages of that Bible. And that is a powerful connection to them. People like to talk a lot about ancestors. Well, here's a way you can make a direct connection with your ancestors. If you don't have a family Bible, but you have a Bible that was owned by a family member that has been passed down to you, you can use that Bible still to make connections to that individual. If you have your grandmother's Bible, you can use that Bible to call to her, to seek her aid, her guidance, her wisdom, even if it's not a family Bible, even if it doesn't have her name written down in it. You can do that in a couple of ways. One of the ways you can do that is by taking that family Bible and ha having it near you while you sleep, under your pillow, next to your pillow, on your bedstead, at your uh, table next to your bed, on your headboard, if your headboard happens to have, oh, a place to put, you know, bed, if it has shelves on it, has a place where you can put things. You can leave that Bible out with a glass of water to call upon those ancestors to come to you while you sleep. You can also use that Bible that was connected to those people to call upon those people to aid you in your work if you use certain scriptures or psalms out of that Bible, you can say, let's say you're going to use everybody's favorite 23rd Psalm or 91st Psalm. You could say, if this was your grandmother Agnes's Bible, you can say, as you begin to pray that 23rd Psalm, I pray this Psalm in the name of whoever you're working for, including yourself, with the aid of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, or the aid of God the Most High and my grandmother Agnes, as I read from the Bible that was hers. You see? So those are two ways you can use a family Bible. But a lot of people don't have a family Bible, or they don't have a, a Bible that's been passed on to them. So how can you use a Bible in other ways? Well, you can use a Bible in other ways, few ways I'd like to discuss with you. You can pin someone or pin something down or against the wall with a Bible. If you have somebody you need to remove from your life or from somebody else's life, someone who's causing harm or mischief, you can take a picture of that person, turn that picture to the wall, Okay, they're now facing the wall. Remember when you were a kid and you had to sit in the corner? Take their picture, place it against the wall, and then place the Bible against that. So that the Bible has them sealed against the wall. You can, you can nail them there, as it were. You can trap them there, as it were. Now, you should, of course, do this, particularly when you're using the Bible in that way, from a position of justice and righteousness. You can do the same thing with a bad habit. You would write out your petition to end your own or somebody else's problem, smoking, eating too much of bad food, heroin, whatever, their anger, okay? And then you can take that and again do the same thing with it. Put it against the wall and then put the Bible against it against the wall. So the Bible's on the outside and it's trapped between the Bible and the wall. You can do the same 
to put something under the Bible, but you can also put things under a Bible for protection. You can take somebody's picture and actually put it in, if it's a small enough picture, and put it in your Bible at the Psalm of Protection, say Psalm 91 or another psalm that you're working for. And you slip their picture right into that same place. Now, obviously, you're going to still do your work with that psalm the way you always would. Read it for that person. Work it for that person. But then you go an extra step and put that picture actually as a bookmark, if you will, in the Bible at that particular piece of scripture or psalm. You can do the same against somebody. You can take one of the imprecatory psalms that you are working against somebody and place them and their picture in that Bible. But in this case, you would place their picture so it's facing that piece of Scripture. Okay, It's facing. It's not sitting atop of it, being protected by it. It's facing the Scripture. The Scripture is working on them. And then you might also write out your petition on the back of that picture, or the back of either of those pictures, for whatever you want, protection or cursing, okay? You can also take your Bible and place money in your Bible at points of the Bible that talk about prosperity, talk about trust, talk about repayment, parts of the Bible that talk about how the workman is worthy of his due. You can take all that. You can take your check stubs from your work and put it in that section that talks about the workman being paid his dues at the end of the day to help in prosperity. So now we're looking at a whole new thing with the Bible. We're not using necessarily the specific part of it taken from it, meaning we're not opening our Bible and praying a prayer and then putting our Bible back on a shelf. We're not copying something out of the Bible and then burning it up or putting it in a bath or writing it out on something like a plate where we can then put it into our food. We're talking about using the Bible itself as a talisman. The Bible itself as a magical object, okay, that you can use. And you will find, if you start, you know, like maybe some of you go to old bookstores, maybe some of you go thrift shops, if you start finding Bibles there, and some of the places I have gone there, just been a pile of them. They're just all together. One big pile of Bibles. Every Bible's 250 You know, every Bible's so much money, except for the fancy ones. They're a little more. They ain't a separate pile. You can flip through those Bibles, and you will start finding things. Sometimes you'll find money. You probably won't find money, because most people that run bookstores and run thrift shops already know this fact, and they look through the Bibles first. Okay? And they do find money. People keep that. You'll find pictures. You'll find leaves. You'll find bits of herbs that have been put in there, almost like they pressed. But these aren't pressed flowers always. Okay? you got to start thinking about, why would somebody put basil in the Bible? Why would somebody put that in the Bible? Well, they'd put it in the Bible to bless it before they used it. Okay? And also for to protect themselves and protect their homes, protect their money. You need to stop and look at what's on those pages that it's been pressed between. So you can use the Bible itself as a talisman. You can lay the Bible on top of people's pictures to protect them. Someone's leaving the house, they're going away on a trip, you're worried about them, place them under your Bible. You can use the Bible to ward things off. You have a door in your house, you feel that something spiritual is coming through. Lean your Bible against that door at night before you sleep. You see? 
Lean that Bible against that door, the door to your bedroom, as an example. You feel there's spiritual forces coming after you at night. Take that Bible. Lean that Bible against your door. Plead the blood of Jesus over it before you do it. Call upon the call upon God the Most High to watch the doorposts, any of that. And then lean the Bible, actually. Put it on the floor and lean it up against the door as a watcher. And of course, I'm sure you all know, uh, because we've talked about it here on the show, about placing a pair of scissors or a sharp knife in the Bible as a bookmark-like at Psalm 121, and then placing that under your bed or under your pillow or near where you sleep to protect you at night from things that may come at you, bad dreams, insomnia. So you can use the Bible itself as a talisman, and I encourage you to look into that and to try it and to find out more about it. Our segment on the secrets of scriptural sorcery comes from our own knowledge as well as from the book Hoodoo Bible Magic by Miss McHale and myself, and we thank her for its use and inclusion in the show each and every week. Up next, we're going to go into the kitchen, and this week we're going to be talking about five-finger grass. Oh, that's right, five-finger grass. And if you need money, honey, well, you know, we're going to try to get you some, because I, 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 money? <laughs> well, that's what I want. All right, here we go. We're going to do one for you now. We hope you enjoy this little ditty. Uh, this is one we had out a while back, done pretty good for us. Why don't you break down, honey, and give me just a little bit of that money?
yeah, 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 that was, of course, Money, That's What I Want, by Jerry Lee Lewis, who sounds nothing like Grace Slick Troll. Nothing. <clears throat> Tonight in the kitchen, we're going to be talking about five-fingered grass. Now, first of all, five-fingered grass is not a grass. symbolize usefulness in obtaining love, luck, money, power, and wisdom. And because of its hand-like appearance, it has been used by many people for, this pur for the purpose of warding off evil and bringing good luck in money matters and love affairs. And I'm going to tell you a few uses for it. You can use five-fingered grass to gain a favor. To do this, to gain a favor, if you call upon another or ask for a favor, carry a little five-finger grass with you. And if you do so, it is said that you will obtain that which you desire. It is also carried on one when asking for a bank loan. Five-fingered grass can also be used in a card player's lucky gambling hand. To do this, you combine five-finger grass with lucky hand root and an alligator foot to aid in all the skills that five fingers can perform. Carry this hand in a red flannel bag dressed with three jacks and a king oil and feed it with Hoyt's cologne while at play. You can also use it to create a money drawing hand. To do that, you would combine five-finger grass, cinnamon chips, cloves, three mojo beans, and then dress that with money-drawing oil. You can also use five-finger grass to protect your household. It is said that if you hang a bag of five-fingered grass over the fireplace mantle, hidden behind a picture or a mirror, no one will be able to drive you from your home. Likewise, the bag may be hung over your bed to protect you from evil while you sleep, like we talked about earlier. If you blow out and dry an egg, you can stuff it with five-finger grass, seal the holes with wax, and keep it hidden in your home, and the family will therefore be protected from enemies. Those are just a few of the uses that you may find for five-fingered grass, and there are a lot of others. And I encourage you to go out and take a look at it and try your own hand, no pun intended, at it. And of course, our information from In the Kitchen comes to us each week, along with our own knowledge, from Hoodoo Herb and Root Magic, a Materia Magic. Uh, of African-American conjure by Miss Catherine Ironwood, and we thank her for its inclusion and use each and every week. Speaking of Miss Catherine Ironwood, I am happy to let you know that in a little more than 30 minutes, just about 34 minutes now, 
our own dear Miss Catherine Ironwood is going to be on the Hermetic Hour on Blog Talk Radio with, that's right, the one and only Catherine Ironwood is going to be on the air with the one and only Poke Runyon. That's right. So do not miss it, kids. It's going to be a hell of a time. Once again, that's the Hermetic Hour, starting in 30 minutes and 30 and 3 minutes here. We put the link up in the chat room. So go on over. If you ever wanted to hear Poke Runyon, there you go. If you ever wanted to hear Miss Cat on, she's going to be on there with Poke Runyon. My God! That's like that's like sun and the moon there over the, over the rainbow. So I'd like to stay and talk to y'all more about everything, uh, more work we could do with the Bible and more work you can do with five-finger grass. And I would like to keep reminding you to wash your hands and wash your ass and keep yourself clean, but this is it. I mean, there's no more time. It's all gone. Even with me imitating Christy Porterfield online, I mean, this is it. This is the end. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, It is not even the beginning of the end. Uh, But it is perhaps the end of the beginning. Texas and go to Texarkana and don't back to Fort Worth. I'm on down to Dallas to call the kitty. Coming through the territory in Kansas City and Kansas City, St. Louis and St. Louis, Chicago. I'm on my way to the Oh, 